to Nowitzki, puts up the three, puts it in! Dallas goes up by three with 26.7 remaining! A 20-2 run! Seven to shoot, Nowitzki drives with an elite lefty layup, banks it in! With 3.6 remaining, Miami out of timeouts, trailing by two. James back to Wade, Wade puts it up for the win! Off the mark and Dallas has tied the finals! One of the most incredible comebacks in NBA Finals history! And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the lefty layup lord, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm trying to trying to bring it back in for a podcast. I'm. I just told my wife it, we're recording this at like 10:40, and. Uh, my little one's asleep, uh, our one-year-old, and he loves watching sports on TV. And I just told her, I'm like, hey, just giving you a heads up, tomorrow we're going to watch this old Mavs game. And uh, I just got done watching it. So I'm super hyped because she's been wondering why I've been so hyped. I've been sitting at the dinner table <laughs> watching this game and uh, on my computer. But my Lord, I could watch game two of the NBA, 2011 NBA Finals. I don't know, every day. The fourth quarter, maybe that should be my morning routine. Just watch the fourth quarter every single morning. (laughs) It is absolutely one of the greatest moments in NBA history, just in this one game. And so in this game, we're going to break it all down, go through play-by-play, whatever we need to, to get it all out of our system. We're breaking down 2011 Finals Game 2 in Miami. The Dallas Mavericks get the win, spoiler alert, get the win against Miami. Uh, There's some ups and downs. There's some incredible plays. There's some legend making plays like Dirk becomes a legend I think in this game specifically especially since they won so we're going to break it all down continuing our finals flashback if you guys didn't listen yesterday we broke down game one of the 2011 NBA finals all the way talked about finals narratives going into the season the series and all that we've also broke down the Mavericks uh, playoff path to get to the finals in 2011 we broke in the day before that and then the day before that even we broke down the Mavericks season in 2010 2011 and all that went into it so let's get into it let's break down game two starters same for the Mavericks Jason Kidd Deshaun Stevenson Sean Marion Dirk Nowitzki Tyson Chandler same for Miami Mike Bibby Wade LeBron and Bosch and Joel Anthony yeah, starters. And I mean, just going into game two, you know, two of the main things with this was obviously you don't want to go down 0 2 and, you know, in any series, but uh, to drop the first two games, that would be, uh, uh, yeah, an even harder um, climb back up that. But, you know, a big storyline was Dirk's finger, too. And at the beginning of this game and really throughout the game, they, you know, the announcers and camera crew and everybody was focusing on this torn tendon on uh, the middle finger of Dirk's left hand. And so uh, Dirk wasn't fully healthy, but you go into this game, too, here. And, man, um, I mean, right off the bat, they seem like they, they're a little bit more together. You know, the Mavs are knocking down a few shots here and there. But I just put a, I put a note on here of just Jason Kidd in general. And I think this kind of applies for um, even teams nowadays. When you see uh, kind of young teams out there go out and get a vet point guard. I know this is not the kind of similar, but you look at what Phoenix did this past year. And they went out and signed Ricky Rubio. And you're no, like, it's the right. Chris Paul thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Chris Chris Paul thing where you have like a younger team, but then you have this vet point guard that doesn't fit the quote timeline, you right. know? And and I know this Mavs team isn't like young, like a, you know, OKC Suns team now, but it just shows you the importance of having a guy like Jason Kidd that he he's not going to blow you away with athleticism and do all this crazy stuff. He just makes the right play every single time. And somebody that knows what they're doing and knows how to run the system. And I, I mean, you could make this note after any game. I just made it in this game because I think it, it just shows you the importance of having somebody like kid, even though they're only, you might be old or uh, don't have the athleticism and all that stuff. Just somebody that knows exactly what they're doing at all times. It's huge. Kid is 38 years old in this series he played 38 minutes in this game uh he did have five turnovers we'll talk about the turnovers overall but six points eight boards five assists and a steal in this game uh hit two threes that were pretty big those are his only field goals that he made actually um and yeah he's just a very calming presence they needed a player like this and jj barea is kind of the player like this for the 2019 2020 mavericks and jason kidd is playing that role back for the 2011 mavericks uh this game you know the the scoring was a little bit more (laughs) flowing at the beginning uh 28 28 after the first quarter really felt like wade and and lebron were starting to you know get their feel and really starting to turn it on in this for in the first quarter that was one thing i really mentioned uh, Dirk was taken out with five minutes and 53 seconds left in the first quarter. And uh, Van Gundy and Breen just seemed like they had no idea what Carlisle was trying to do. And they said, there's no way he should be out this early. How is he out this early? Like, guys, it's a long game, man. Like, <laughs> can, he can come out at a certain point early in the game. Uh, you mentioned his finger. Mike Breen mentioned that he had, you know, they had talked to Dirk before the game and that he didn't feel pain in his finger, but it was uncomfortable. He had that splint on it. It was his non-shooting hand. That was kind of the big storyline going into this game. The other one was how were the Mavericks going to respond? How were the Mavericks, you know, going to respond to game one that was not a good game? We talked about it yesterday. Uh, that they didn't look that great. They looked slow. They didn't look like they could keep up with these, you know, incredible athletes in Wade and LeBron. And uh, they definitely responded to this game. It was late, but uh, the, that was the big storyline, I think, going into this game was how are the Mavericks going to respond? Or were, were the Heat going to allow them to get to respond in a way, right? That's That was sort of the feeling is that the, the Heat just had a stranglehold on this series. Yeah, and a lot was made about, you know, rebounding and – uh, even in game one, even going into game two is, you know, can Dallas match them on the boards? They're just not a good rebounding team. And like Nick said on yesterday's pod, it seems like, you know, we're almost a decade later and that's still a conversation. But it, it's almost like, the, you know, Mavericks kind of accepted it because Jeff Van Gundy in, in one breath said, hey, you know, they have to rebound better if they're going to have a chance in this series. But then in another breath, he pointed out the stat of they got out-rebounded in every single game of the Western Conference Finals (laughs) against OKC. And they won that series in five games. So it's one of those things where, like, hey, they need to work on the rebounding, but can they win, you know, basketball games when they they don't rebound? They've shown they can too. But even in this game, you know, they out-rebounded Miami by 11 boards. They had 41 rebounds to Miami's 30. So it ended up being a huge factor in this game something else that mark jackson said in the first quarter uh deshaun stevenson like tumbles over the first row of fans uh on one one end and you know on the first row miami nba finals he just goes straight over the first row and jackson's like 
Those are real fans right there. Real fans in Miami. They're not helping him up. They, you, you see them when, when Stevenson went into the crowd. They didn't even try to brace him. They didn't even try to catch him. Those are real fans. Don't stop. No. no. Those, those are, don't even. They just didn't. They didn't even want to get involved in it. They didn't, they didn't do it because, like, if that was a Heat player, they're not catching him either, okay? Don't, don't try to act like because it was a Mavs player. Come on. Get out of here. Yeah. And he, he fell behind. He fell in the seat's behind them if you've ever been to an nba arena like it's hard to reach back behind the seats in those you know first couple rows on court side right like you have tons of yes. area and access in front of you but behind you it's kind of, you're kind of not you don't have great range of motion back there um yeah if an nba player is coming at you too 99 of fans whether it's your team or not you're gonna like split out of national reaction and yes. so you're so you don't get ran over but anyway i thought that was funny yeah and some people are better at reacting and some people aren't but uh yes. in the second quarter the mavericks actually came out and took a nine point lead towards the end of the second quarter uh and then the, the heat came back and uh had a 9-0 run going into halftime. It was tied going into halftime. The Mavericks are playing really sloppy. One of the things I, I really noticed was that the Heat athletes are just taking advantage of the Mavericks turnovers. It felt like every single Mavs turnover turned into two points on the other end from Wade or you know LeBron. Yes. Just every single time they got the ball, they were scoring on the other end. I put a I put a note down Mavs turnovers in both the second quarter and third third quarter especially. Uh, there was different things in the second quarter. JJ Barea diving in on the floor uh, on top of Mike Miller. I love that moment. Um, you know the Heat. You steal the ball. Mike Miller dives on the floor, grabs the ball. Instead of allowing Miller to throw it down the court, JJ just jumps on top of him. Clear foul. But I just, I love every bit of it. They end up calling Mike Miller for a tech on it. And uh, it was, I just love that play. They also mentioned Dirk shoots a technical on that. And they mentioned that Dirk has hit the last, hit 97 of the last 100 free throws in the playoffs. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean, just apps. And at that moment, I think he he was on a new stretch or a new streak there, and he just hit his like twenty fourth in a row. Uh, this is just, I mean, that's just unheard of, especially when it comes to a seven footer. But I put uh, y'all can't see me on Skype, but Deshaun <laughs> Stevenson, uh, Deshaun Stevenson, at that point hit his third three of the game in the second quarter. I thought those nine points by Stevenson. Um, what in the first quarter and a half? I thought those were huge points for Dallas. Yeah, anytime they could get somebody like that shooting the ball well, I mean, the, these Mavericks really took advantage of it. Deshaun Stevenson, we've, we mentioned uh, Pages Stoyakovic early in the you know the playoffs. They were able to take advantage of his hot streak. Uh, the Mavericks had twenty turnovers in this game, which is just so many, especially for a finals game that wasn't super fast paced. It was only fast paced because of the turnovers. So, all right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game. Get into the second half, and then. We'll break down that juicy, juicy fourth quarter. Coming up. (laughs) All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this game. Um, So we mentioned at the end of the the first half, the Heat went on a 9-0 run. It was tied 51-51 going into halftime. (laughs) They were tied after the first quarter and after the second quarter, which I thought was pretty wild. Uh, They're just so even at this point, Even even despite the turnovers. The Mavericks were turning the ball over. The Heat were scoring off of it over and over again. But the Mavericks were able to respond in their own way. And then it just started to explode in the third quarter for the Heat. Uh, they had their largest lead, which is only five you know, points, a couple minutes in. Mavs still turning the ball over. And then you had this weird moment in uh, at the six-minute mark, basically, where LeBron had the ball around the like the free throw line. Dirk comes from behind and fouls him intentionally. Pretty, I thought it was intentional, at least. Uh, comes over to foul LeBron. And... 
then LeBron like reacts and just like elbows Dirk right in the chest. Carlisle gets upset about it. LeBron's upset about it. Uh, The foul is called on Dirk though. No foul on LeBron. Carlisle gets a technical foul. Uh, I think LeBron missed the free throw, but it was just, yes, he did. Ball don't lie, baby. (laughs) It was just a weird moment overall. And it was just so tense all back and forth. And it was just one of those moments where you can just see how, you know, tense and palpable that energy was. Yeah, I hated the third. I hated most of the fourth until the end, obviously. Um, yeah, just, I mean, seeing the athletic plays of, I mean, Wade and LeBron, athletic, I mean, <laughs> their athleticism is just off the charts. Some of the dunks they're throwing down and uh, just, I mean, how Wade, I, I, y'all know I hate Wade, but just seeing Wade just cut through the lane and do his side steps and Euro steps and splitting, you know, double team. It, it's just, it's another one of those things where you watch this heat team and you're like, how does a team like that with that much talent, how do they not, you know, reel off three or four titles? And, um, <laughs> they came out of that with only two, but, um, Mavs turnovers for sure. Uh, I think Mike Bibby. This is on a game. He hit at least one there in the in the third. But Mike Bibby hitting four threes for Miami in this game was was huge for him. Sean Marion scored. You know, was scoring a decent amount for for Dallas in this game too, and that was big. But Dallas cut that lead to four at the end of the third and that was kind of a mini, mini comeback there because it, it almost got out of hand in the third yeah it, it absolutely did seem to get out of hand and you mentioned Mike Bibby the Mavericks kind of game plan in this was to sort of leave Mike Bibby alone and basically help off of Mike Bibby at any point because he hadn't been shooting well all through the playoffs and he ended up hitting four of his seven threes in this game it was pretty big but um that was basically their plan. They're like, we'll let Mike Bibby beat us and and not, you know, Wade or LeBron uh, if we're going to help off somebody. Um, the Heat get out to a 10-point lead with about 2 minutes and 55 seconds left in the, the third quarter. Brian Cardinal actually got some, some play in this. This is his first finals check-in, the custodian. So we got him. But like Isaac said, they made it a manageable four-point, you know, deficit Going into the first, going into the fourth quarter, uh, random. Brendan Haywood was checking back into the game and then went straight to the locker room with a strained right hip flexor. Uh, and I don't think we saw him the rest of the game after that. No, yeah, yeah. He he goes straight to the locker room. He has some play there or some moment, and he just go leaves the court, goes straight to the locker room. Uh, have an awkward kind of back and forth between Jeff Van Gundy and Doris Burke, uh, where Van Gundy's like joking around, he's like "Give me more information," and then she's like "Yes, sir," and it's like, and they were like laughing about it. It was really weird, but uh, it was really quick, uh, at least through the league pass one, where she was like, "Hey, he's doubtful to return," and we see that uh, injury uh, kind of play into Haywood's availability moving forward but yeah that that was a, a mini moment there um wait are we are we getting to the fourth into the fourth guy that happened at the very beginning of the fourth quarter and then so <laughs> this is crazy the mavericks were down by six points at the nine minute and 16 second mark two minutes later literally two minutes later in game in actual game time the mavericks are down 15 the heat had gone on a 13-0 run the mavericks in the in the fourth quarter you know through the first uh five minutes or so one of 11 from the field, five turnovers in the fourth quarter. I mean, just absolutely giving the game away at that point. This, oh, gosh. This is the darkest. So, this is the darkest it, point. This is the dark, darkest moment right now, um, besides 2006 for sure. But 
just rewatching this game is it, so much different because you're feeling it, but then you know the outcome too. It's kind of like watching a movie to where somebody's death is coming up. It's like watching the Red Wedding. Uh, if you're oh, a big game spoilers, of Thrones fan, come on, seeing, seeing that happening again. <laughs> don't even we're past that again. Um, it's not worth it but, anyway. Don't get involved. <laughs> it's beyond worth it. Um, but anyway, it's just you know, yeah, like you said, I wrote down you know seventy five to seventy three with ten minutes and something to go, and Dallas at seventy three. Miami was up by two and then you know it was gosh three minutes later basically at the 714 mark is when that wade three happens and guys I can't I literally wrote in all caps I hate everything I was so pissed off when Wade hit that three it's just everything was going Miami's way <laughs> Dallas just it, like they forgot to play basketball turnovers is happening LeBron comes down hits Wade for that three in front of Dallas's bench and he holds his hand up he holds his hand up. It switches a three. LeBron comes over. He's like, he's shadow boxing, you know, Wade's chest. They're super hyped. They're up by 15 with seven minutes to go. They think they got it in the bag. I guys, I like, I wanted to throw things in my, like where I was at. I wanted to, I, I wanted to break things. I hated everything with that moment because yeah, no matter how much faith you have in your team, it's, it's the likelihood of coming back especially against his heat team and how you know Wade and LeBron was playing you knew it wasn't likely but i mean i just it's hard to grasp like even rewatching it knowing the outcome i was just getting mad rewatching it because i just hated and but then i just started laughing because i'm like oh, y'all look so stupid now rewatching this cuz y'all thought y'all had this <laughs> so then so it's 15 point lead you know we get the timeout from Dallas and then they basically they they reset and they just start chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and this is where your point. And Van Gundy, Van, well, Van Gundy even said he said when they were up by 15 and Miami came back down the floor next time. I'll give Van Gundy credit because he even threw out there. He said, "Hey, you cannot count out this Dallas team. They had a comeback against the OKC team." And he said, "He said now, granted, you know Miami's better than OKC. He said, but they have it in them if they start hitting shots and stuff. Now, I mean, he could just throw it out there, but still, I thought it was key. I thought it was kind of cool seeing Van Gundy actually you know throw that out there." Which is true about you know today's Mavericks. I mean, you talk about a DNA that continued mm-hmm. through Dirk. It's not being able to rebound, but being able to come back from any deficit, right? <laughs> I mean, I take yeah. both those things if those things are both you know mutual, not mutually exclusive. Um, so the Mavericks just kept chipping back. And your point at the beginning of this podcast about Jason Kidd, I just thought was was very pointed for this moment right here, where it's it's Kidd, it's Jet, it's Marion, it's Dirk, and Tyson. Uh, which is basically your five best players and you're just chipping away and just making the right play and Jet was just hitting shots and getting to spots and Dirk was getting to his spots and just hitting the shots that he needed to hit and they went on an 8-0 run and then they uh, basically turned that into a 15-2 run and they just kept chipping away and the heat the heat arrogance I think kind of played you know a part in this as yeah, well I mean we talked about the shadow boxing and you know being you know hyped and thinking that they had it in the bag and uh it really felt like <laughs> it really felt like when the jedi and the sith fight each other and they're like your 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 lust for power is your weakness and then the, the sith come back as your arrogance is yours you know and like you come back and it just felt that way i think i just made that the mavericks the sith in that, in that analogy i was gonna say i don't like this now <laughs> but 
Uh, but it really worked to their disadvantage because they were trying these hard shots and just Wade and LeBron kept launching these really bad threes in this run, trying to stop the bleeding all at once instead of just doing the things that got them to where they were. The Heat were creating turnovers. They were scoring off that. And that's why they were you know, up by such a big margin. Mavericks were on a 17-2 run with less than a minute left. Uh, I think we need a whole segment to break down this last you know, couple minutes here. So, yeah, I do want to mention thing. something right before that. <laughs> before that last run, there's a the the Jason Terry pull up with three minutes and eleven seconds left, and Miami yeah. calls an immediate timeout after that, cuts it to four, and you know as soon as they call a timeout, Jet turns around and he has his arms down like he's about like not even like going to fight, but it's like he's tensed up, he's hyped, but they're not like showing it yet because they haven't climbed the full mountain yet. They were getting close, and I just remember that moment. I even tweeted out tonight. I remember that moment being so hyped because I'm like, like they're smelling blood right now, like they feel it, they know that they're coming back they have a chance now and this i love that jet pull up because yeah then coming out of the timeout the last three minutes was i mean yeah anyway and it's we should mention in the last five minutes lebron had the ball in his hands every single possession he was the one bringing the ball down the floor it wasn't in wade's hands it wasn't in Bosch's hands sometimes he would dump it off to them but lebron was the decision maker every single time and he was the one that was you know, that they tasked to uh, kind of bail them out of each possession, basically, and score points and make things happen. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, the storyline about LeBron, at, at least even till this point, was that he was a choker. He wasn't clutch. Uh, he was being, you know, compared to Jordan and Kobe and all that. And that he hadn't he hadn't closed. He, had, he didn't have a title yet at this point in his career. Uh, 26 yeah. years old. He's got a long career ahead of him. Obviously, we know that now. But that was the, um, that was the narrative around him. And it kind of played true in this game that he just wasn't able to close it out wasn't able to get get points when they needed to uh, and i think he was really settling for for jumpers in this he was hitting some big ones early but i thought that was was interesting that it was it was on him that he had the ball in his hands the last basically every possession in the last five minutes but coming up let's break down piece by piece the end of this run because it's probably the greatest moment in dallas mavericks history All right, Isaac, let's break down the end of this run. So the Mavericks come back basically from down 15. Uh, and, man, <laughs> okay, let's just go with where do you remember being and uh, when this happened and what was your like instant reaction to this? Just the, the comeback and when they finally came back to this point. Yeah, uh, I just got back home. I was in college at the time, so I just got back uh, home uh, for summer break, I guess. And I, I just remember watching it at uh, my dad's house, and uh, we both uh, hated the Heat, so uh, and uh, disliked Dwayne Wade and LeBron, those guys. So uh, we were rooting so hard for uh, for this Dallas team, and you know, it's you know the ball, you know um, Haslam gets the offensive rebound. You know, there from Miami, and it's like what a minute to go. Yeah, you want me? And, you want me to go through? I have it in front of me. Yeah, minute thirty left. LeBron has the ball. They're kind of resetting, trying to figure out what play they're going to run. They dump it to to Bosch on the right elbow. They give it back to LeBron, and then Wade drives. Haslam hits back to LeBron. LeBron throws up this three that just was highly contested, and it just didn't seem set. And Haslam grabs the offensive rebound, chucks it back to try and save it under his own basket. And, or under the, the opponent's basket. And then Sean Marion comes and taps the ball back to Jet. Jet throws the ball to Marion. 
dumps it back to to Dirk in transition, and Dirk hits the lefty layup with Bosch, you know, contesting, and that ties the game with 57 seconds left. I mean, just what an incredible mm. like sequence and play for the Mavericks right there. Like they did it. Like that was the thing. Like the, you did the unthinkable in that moment. You freaking tied the game. Like there's no reason you should be back into this game, but you you came all the way back, and that was that was LeBron's second miss three in that position or that possession because they got a couple offense rebounds and because I want I want to make sure we point out that he missed two clutch threes there and those uh, you know um, it, was, it was it was two yeah it was back yeah back to back because he he misses that first one they get a couple <laughs> offensive uh, boards and uh, then he misses another one make sure we throw that in again yeah yeah I had, I had to throw that in there again but when it's just I love the sequence of just that game of when you know they steal it and Dirk you know he he hits that that lefty layup there in, in transition and he turns around and he has the fist up and he's just holding it out and it's like it, it's like the like, I, you know we did it like I can't you know I can't believe this like we did it the fist right the, in front of the heat, know, every, right in front of the heat bench too yes oh I love every bit of it that you know the camera shows him going back to the huddle and showing showing Sean Marion and they're hitting Dirk they're super hyped Rick Carlisle's trying to tell like hey like calm down like we're not there he's like still in coach mode and they even cut back to the city of Dallas to, you know where people are in the arena there yeah they cut they cut back to the scene and I'm sure some of you that are listening right now are in this arena uh, and it's such a quick clip but there's so many people just getting hyped and they cut to Sean Marion who has this look on his face like he's I mean you mentioned shark and like smelling blood in the water like he just literally looks like a shark his eyes are you know his, his brow is furrowed he's looking he's looking up he's looking forward but his head is down he's just you know they're ready like they are ready it's a 17 to 2 run in the last 5 minutes and 22 seconds I mean to hold this Miami Heat team to two points in five minutes and 22 seconds at home, I mean, that is, yeah. it's an incredible feat. This Mavericks team was such a good defensive team, especially against this Miami team in this run. Uh, and that was just, it's an incredible feat. And talking about, I mean, just silencing an arena. I mean, yeah. just the fact that this happened, on, I mean, the place would have been going nuts if this was in Dallas, but the fact that this happened on the road, uh, because, you know, after he ties it up, then the Heat have another possession before the big shot by Dirk. The other possession, so with about 45 seconds left, LeBron and Wade, you know, do this dribble handoff where Wade comes around. And he comes over to the left wing. He stops and he pulls up this contested, you know, fadeaway three that just completely misses. Uh, Sean Marion is right in his face. The Mavericks come down. Mm. Dirk and Tyson both set screens for Jet. Like they've been doing this double drag screen that they talked about, you know, in the first game, and they talk about later, of course, in uh, later in the series for sure, where one player set a screen and then another player set a screen for the ball handler. But in this one, they set it going right instead of left. Usually, it had been they, they they're setting the screens, the ball handler is going left on the play, but this time Jet's going right, and then he doubles back and passes the ball back to Dirk and Tyson is setting now a pin a pin down or a, or a down screen against Udonis Haslam. Dirk has a wide open three. He pulls up, drills the three, gives the Mavericks the lead with 26 seconds left. The Heat call timeout. Dirk just has the three. He's holding up the three, which is, by the way, the different three. It's like the okay three and not his actual yeah. like first three fingers three, which I thought was interesting. But he's going back to the bench and just, I mean... To come back and to, to actually get the lead, I mean, they finally did it. I was so hyped, you know, when they tied the game, but I just went nuts when he hit that three because it was just like nothing can stop them now. It felt like everything was going Dallas's way. 
all the momentum has swung their way. It's like uh, it's meant to be. And Dirk hits that three and a play was called. Like, I think that's kind of cool to see, you know, see them. You just walk through their, their play and the stagger screens and all this stuff. You see so many, even nowadays where people don't even run plays at the end of the game. It's just, Hey, we're just going to get some of the ball and just say, Hey, go make it happen. Or they might just run a high pick and roll at the top, you know, top of the key or something. They actually Carlisle, you know, they ran a play and look what happened. And Dirk just, I mean, is Mr. Clutch. It felt like the heat ran a play, the possession right before that where Wade chucked up that three, but I don't think that was the intended result was to get Wade a three, right? I don't know what happened in that heat possession, but uh, the difference between Wade taking a three and deciding a shot and then Dirk deciding and taking a shot were so interesting to me. There's such a contrast there where, you know, Wade, like the the talent of the heat was going to bail them out, right? And that that was Wade taking that shot, whereas the construction of of the the Mavericks the construction of this team you know Dirk being as calculated as he is being you know you know the balance all the the things that he works through the you know the tireless effort not that the heat didn't work hard but it was this contrast in this one play where you know the Mavericks calculate and set up this play, whereas the Heat just tried to like chuck up a you know a three and come around a, a corner and, and throw a three and have their talent bail them out. I just thought it was a, was very poetic of <laughs> that one sequence yeah. between the two. And obviously Wade and LeBron win two titles after this, and I'm not you know trying to discredit them. Isaac does, but I'm not going to try to discredit. Them. I'll discredit him all day because you had worldly talent. You only won two titles, but there's also a camera shot in this too. After Dirk hits the three, he goes back to the huddle there. You know with Dallas, they're celebrating and they're freaking out and it cuts to LeBron for like four seconds and the heater in the huddle and it's just LeBron looking up at the scoreboard and you can just imagine what's going through his head Mike you just gave up one of the most incredible comebacks in NBA history a 20 to 2 run and now you're down by three and or no not not down by three or yeah yeah you're down yeah, by the, three because this is before three, a yeah. stupid shot and um yeah, you're down by three. It's like you, you, you know, he's thinking like, "You've got to be kidding me! How did how did this happen?" But I just love that shot, by the way. And then the play right after the Dirk three, which I bet most of our listeners are waiting for. Um, Miami's inbounding the ball. LeBron's inbounding the ball. They're running a play. They have Bosch. They have Wade. They have Mike Miller, and they have Mario Chalmers out on the floor. The Mavericks have Marion, Dirk, Jet, Kidd, and Tyson. The same lineup they've they've had, and. <laughs> It is this is <laughs> this would be like the Greg Buckner play if 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 the Mavericks lose this series, right? We'd look back at this yeah. play and just just compare it to those, you know, one of the worst plays in, you know, team history where Marion is guarding the inbounder. Dirk is on Mike Miller who runs to the left corner, which is a strong side by LeBron. You have Jason Kidd who's running around with with Wade. You have Tyson Chandler that is Bosch basically around the nail. And then you have Jet who is hanging out around the inbounder looked like he was trying to block the inbounder and then he turns around he sees wade and bosh he like he runs right up to bosh and then he steps over to try and see if he's going to cover wade he sees the ball go over in the corner to chalmers i think he assumes that kid is going to run over and contest that three in the corner from chalmers but it was Jet's guy, right? He's, he's the one that should be over there. And so Mario Chalmers on the, the far side. I mean, LeBron had to throw this all the way over the other corner and throws a great pass. Mario Chalmers is all the way by himself in the right corner and hits the three and ties the game. I, You know, when I watch this, 
I was wondering, you know, Dallas ha- has a timeout. They called a timeout after this, you know, to you know advance the ball. Well, why was why was Jed even on the floor? You know, why wasn't Stevenson on the floor uh, to guard? Why was Jason Kidd chasing Dwayne Wade around? Why, you know, why did they have Jed out there? My only reasoning behind that. The Heat had called a timeout, right? Like, there was a timeout of that possession before. That's why they're inbounding it. Why didn't they sub yeah. in somebody for Jet? I mean, that was a crazy situation. Why not put my, Deshaun or anybody in there? My only my only thought by that is, which you have to get a defensive you know stop first, is you know if they get the stop without them scoring, they just want to go with it and not let Miami get set. <laughs> <clears throat> not let him get set and just you know go go for the win that way but either way it happened it i mean it was super deflating because it felt like all the momentum was Dallas way that i mean at this point it, you're a fan or anybody you feel invincible at this point like this is our game you're winning they just go on this huge run dark hits the three you're hyped you're going nuts and then freaking mario chalmers you know hits this and i mean this was nobody was around him for like what three miles like no one was near him me or you could have made that pass over to him i mean you just yes. throw it over there to him and he's wide open so chalmers hits the three and you're like you've got to be kidding me now we're back at a tie game with 24.2 seconds left, i think and it's dallas's ball and they call a timeout to advance the ball and kid immediately looks at jet i mean jet is right by him and he looks over towards Jet. Jet kind of puts his hands up, you know, like in a shrug, like what? That you know, he was completely confused on the play. It seems tie game. The Mavericks take their their timeout. Ninety three, ninety three. The Heat actually have a foul to give, which is fascinating in this situation. But twenty four seconds left, or twenty four and a half seconds, which I guess is important. And the Mavericks run one of the greatest plays in NBA history. Right here. Yeah. Uh, and so let's let's walk through it. Uh, Jason Kidd holds the ball at the top of the key, or I guess on the, the, the right logo, <laughs> like, the, like the American Airlines Arena logo, uh, for most of the duration of the clock. Then at about 12 seconds, you have Jet come down and set a pin down for Dirk. Dirk comes back up, comes to the ball. Kidd gives him the ball. He has Bosch on him, which Jeff Van Gunny points out in the broadcast, which is funny. And, and they didn't switch that either because, you know, Jet sets the pick on LeBron. This could have been an iconic play where he scored on LeBron, which he'd been even better. <laughs> uh, but LeBron doesn't switch, and he goes continues going with Jet. We also have to mention that about three minutes and 11 seconds after Jet hit, you know, another jumper, it was like uh, an eight-point run or so, or a 10-point run, uh, and the Mavericks were within four. The Heat decided to take out Joel Anthony and put in Udonis Haslam instead, which I think is important on this play, you know. Uh, but they did that about three minutes ago at, at this point. So Dirk then has the ball above his head. Chris Bosh is guarding him, face guarding him. He's trying to stay in front of him. Dirk goes right, spins back around his right shoulder. He's now dribbling left. And he sees that Chris Bosh hasn't completely gotten around. His hips didn't come all the way around to where he's square up against Dirk. And so Dirk then has an angle where he can just spin and basically seal off Chris Bosh. And he has a straight line drive to the rim. LeBron is there on his side, on the strong side, guarding Jet in the corner. And then you have Udonis Haslam guarding Tyson, who's running back and forth across the baseline. He's now basically by the right block. Then you have Sean Marion, who's on the... Um, you know, the opposite corner from where Dirk is and Wade's on him. And then you have Mario Chalmers against Kidd, who's on the right wing. Dirk seals off Bosch, gets one step, two steps. Udonis Haslam comes over to help. It's too late. He doesn't get off the jump in time. Dirk, lefty layup with, by the way, 
the splint on that hand that we talked about, the injured finger, it's on his non-shooting hand, but it's on this hand right here. The touch to get this off the glass. He didn't dunk it. He didn't, he didn't like finger roll it. It was off the glass, put the ball in. 3.6 seconds left gives them the Heat the lead uh, to get that playoff. I mean, just so many things had to happen, and it's the most iconic Dirk play probably. Uh, and it's crazy that it's not a, you know a turnaround fade, but it's the most iconic yeah. Dirk play I think in in his career. Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite play in NBA history. Favorite, um, maybe even moment outside of you know that final buzzer uh, to win the title. This is my favorite moment in NBA history. Uh, bigger than the Jordan shot against uh, Byron Russell. This this was my moment. This is a moment I could watch this play every single day of my life. Um, I love the, you know, you mentioned him sealing Bosch on this play, but you know, he, he actually, you know, uses a little hesitation a little bit too. It's a little hezzy that kind of, you know, freezes Bosch for a split second that allows him to seal him and get to the basket and you know LeBron uh, doesn't play the best help defense on it and Haslam tries to get over and uh, he just couldn't get over on that and just that play LeBron you know, doesn't play help defense by the way he comes over no. and like he takes a step towards him and then by the time he gets there he's like Dirk's already passed him yeah, and you'd much rather you know have a Jason Terry three pointer than a Dirk left you know handed layup. And if you're the if Heat, you want, yeah, yeah. If you're the Heat, and you know the irony of this is you know you're talking about shooting with his left hand. You can even go a step further and say the, the ball was you know, the last thing the ball touched before the backboard was probably his middle finger because <laughs> I mean of where he's laying the ball up, off of it and you know the basket goes in Miami doesn't have any timeouts and uh, you know if there's a moment that your heart you know just stops beating as a Mavs fan it's when Wade hits you know shoots that 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 last you shot almost said hits. Buzzer. Did I? You almost said hits the shot. Oh God! Uh, no. But yeah, they inbound the, the the ball to LeBron. There's 3.6 seconds left. They get over the they get over half court, and LeBron passes it to Wade. 1.8 left now, and then LeBlade. Le, oh my gosh! I said almost said LeBlade. LeBlade. Wade takes a you know a running three from I mean pretty deep. This is a, it's a good Steph Curry three, but uh, not for Wade. He takes the shot and. Man, in the air. I mean, you're just thinking it's going in, but it goes off the back iron, and the Mavericks win the game. I just remember standing in my living room. I just had my arms up, and <laughs> just, I mean, I was so hyped. I was screaming. I'm like, this is unbelievable that they just they pulled it off. And then, you know, the iconic shots after that. Uh, there's a there's a picture of uh, of this, uh, a much better, an actual, you know, photographer there that took the picture of, of Dirk. It looks like he's almost stepping. It was from the angle from underneath the goal there, on the goal on the left. Um, and it, it looks like Dirk's kind of stepping over Wade, but it's that shot of Dirk just holding the fist out. Nobody had gotten to him yet, and Dwayne Wade's on the ground. I just love that Dwayne Wade's on the ground, by the way. It just makes it ten times better. <laughs> and he's just laying there kind of in shock, and he's you know trying to get up and know, knowing that they just blew one of the biggest uh, leads in, in NBA history. And, and then just one of the best moments, man was Dirk's teammates coming over and hitting his chest. And Dirk was just in this trance. It's like he he hadn't fully accepted it yet, like what happened. And he was just, he was just still in the zone, and everyone else had, start, had already started celebrating. And they just came over just hitting him and hyping him up and telling him how great he was, and that's what he does, and everything. And then you see PR Sarah Melton come over, and she's <laughs> like, great job. And everybody's just congratulating him. And I, didn't th- I don't know if he'd fully grasped the moment, or he came came out of the zone yet or not, but I just that moment right there. I mean, it, it kind of gives me chills just watching that back over again. Of 
it, it, it's like you did it, bro. Like this is one of the craziest moments of the NBA Finals, and you know the biggest moment of Dallas Mavericks history. It's incredible. Uh, the 15 point you know lead for the Heat in about you know five less less than six minutes. The Mavericks make the comeback. Dirk hits the shot, and there you go. Game two, series is tied one to one. The Mavericks now go back to Dallas to face the. You know, the heat will get to game three tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.